All right, uh, it's that time of the week uh, when Tom Dunn joins us to talk about the week in music. First up, take a listen. Well, of course, no musical slot with Tom Dunn is complete without Paul McCartney. Why this time? Well, it's it's to do with Q magazine. Uh, back in the day, the only music magazines that were out were weekly magazines, New Musical Express, Melody Maker and ones like them. And then in 1986, Mark Ellis and David Hepworth had the idea for a monthly magazine that would have longer articles and on the kind of people that the weeklies weren't kind of that mad about. And they launched in October 1986, Paul McCartney on the cover, excellent choice talking for the first time at the time about the death of John Lennon and stuff like that so it started this new era of magazines monthly magazines that was soon followed by Mojo and Uncut and other magazines that music fans came to absolutely love over the years and at its peak Q magazine had about 200,000 subscribers every month and was a lovely magazine to read the news of the pandemic is that the group that owns it and loads of other magazines as well is saying the pandemic is accelerating something which was already existing, which is their fall off in monthly subscriptions. It was down to as low as 28,000. And they're saying the current episode or issue of the magazine may actually be the last one. And Q Magazine, Simply You, Your Horse, Planet Rock, Sea Angler, Mother and Baby, Golf World, Practical Photography, Car Mechanics and Modern Classics may all go the same. So you kind of may be seeing the end of the monthly magazine era, particularly in the world of music. And if you head out at the moment, you may be picking up a collector's item because it looks like the one that's in the uh, newsstands at the moment. It could be the last ever edition of Q Magazine. It's, it's a milestone kind of time for music. Well, I mean, like, first of all, Eason's is closed and a lot of the news agents yeah. are actually closed if it's a, you know, grocery. So I don't know how they're actually circulating their magazines at this time. And secondly, I mean, you think you're bad. There's no racing post every day. I mean, like it's a complete, yeah. it's a, like it's a complete disaster. Now it will come back when racing comes back. But I mean, like I can take Q magazine, but racing post is the last straw. All I, right. <laughs> I can understand. Racing Post, though, you need updates. You need updates My investment portfolios, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that music magazines have already moved online. Mm. I think See the pro like the problem is though, Tom, as you well know, if you if you're one of the people who's employed by them, usually when it's online it's for free. You know what I mean? Someone is gonna yes. find a way of getting the same information for free. And that's that's yeah. that's the the problem that there isn't a business model to justify it. Well, we wish them well in Q Q magazine. Let's turn to Tom's album of the week. That sounds good. Is it is it country it is or good. is it rock? That's a good question. It's folk and rock and country. I'm afraid it has elements of all of those things in it. And that is just the way music is these days. People aren't just strictly in one world or the other. They dip and die from all of those worlds and combine them. But this guy, I think you... Firstly, I think your listeners will love him. I think those of your listeners who love John Prine 
And when I told you about his passing a few months back, um, I did a special show on it. There was a huge reaction to it. I think a lot of your listeners do love John Prine. Those listeners will also love this guy. Jason Isbell is his name. And at times he is almost like the photo fit country folk artist. Um, he's, bo- he's from the right place. He's from Alabama. He was in a band when he was a teenager. He studied a creative writing course. He dropped out of that. He played in a bar with a guy called David Hood. David Hood's one of the most famous famous uh, bass players of all time. He then joined a band called The Drive-By Truckers. He was in them almost like an apprenticeship for four years. And then he dropped out largely due to his drinking. So he also became an alcoholic and he has a divorce in his background. As you know, all country and Western singers need a bit of that in the background. Mm. Um, there, there was an intervention. He stopped drinking. He's released three albums since then, the three of the best albums uh, of the last few years in America. And his new album, he's just like, he combines all of those things and it's brought out this very well-rounded, very intelligent observational songwriter who just writes absolutely great songs. His life has been leading up to this moment and Jason Isbell's new album is just chock-a-block with beautifully observed songs about America. Anti-Trump, he's he's a a badge-wearing Democrat, he doesn't make any secret about that. Uh, Lamenting where America is going, writing about the effect of on ordinary, everyday, working-class people, what they're coming up against. Someone said to him, why do you have so much politics in your songs? And he said, uh, you don't get interested in politics until something happens to you. Uh, and that's the point he's making. Things are happening to people left, right and centre, and he's flying a flag for them. It's a really beautiful album. Very impressed by it. All right, now let's go to Tom's gig of the week. Someone sent out for Chinese or fish and chips or something, or Chinese fish and chips. I went in the back room. And as bizarre as it sounds, wrote Supersonic in about however long it takes six other guys to eat a Chinese meal. And it came back in the room with us and it said, look, just written another song. And we nailed it and mixed it that night, rapid, because that's what we've been doing every night in the boardwalk, you know? And it sounded massive. All right, so this is is a Netflix Oasis documentary, is it? Yeah, it's called Supersonic. And I think in the absence of live gigs, if you want to remind yourself of what an amazing experience it was to go to a live gig, especially a huge gig, this is just, it's box office stuff. It really is. It's the story of a band to go from absolutely nothing to playing the biggest gigs in England in the space of three years. I think it's funny to look back on and just see what an incredible phenomenon Oasis were, what a roller coaster of a gig, of a band they were. It's very funny, it's very entertaining, it's very powerful. It reminds you of what a brilliant band they were and the dynamic between the two brothers. And in this point, it's kind of entertaining. You know, they really don't get on and they cause problems for each other all the time. But it hasn't become ugly yet, which it becomes ugly in later years and causes them to split up. So it just really reminds you what a great band they were and what great gigs they were. They're very, very funny lads. The two of them individually are like stand-up comedians and together it's Morecambe and Wise. So um, just for those of you who are feeling the, the effects of not being able to go to live gigs, not being able to enjoy just being around other people, this will bring you back. It's on Netflix and it's... And, and Thomas, is this a, a new release? Is it only coming out now? No, it's out about four years. Um, it's just that it's there oh. for people oh, to right. go back to. At the time of its release, it was described as a and do you think? Do you think um, Noel and Liam will ever get back together again? I don't think so, no. I, I, I think that the level of enmity between them is I don't know. I see that money is a great healer, you know. Well, they both have money. 
And they both have lots. That's of what lots I'm saying. Like, if there's enough, if there's enough carnage financially in the music sector, yeah, you I think know. it would have to be like Leonard Cohen. You know, Leonard Cohen lost all his money to an accountant, and thereafter he had to start touring again. And the tours turned out to be some of the best things he ever did. All right, so that Supersonic on Netflix, if you want to get a, a taste of, of a live gig, it goes back to Oasis at the Supersonic. Okay, now your final um, tip of the week is is this yep. story about the first uh, US concert since the lockdown. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was mentioned last week and then just as they were about to go ahead with it, Arkansas issued a cease and desist order on them. But they got around it somehow and the gig, Travis McCready is the guy's name, he went ahead and he played the first, what's been the first COVID-19 restrictions gig. So people were all separated, they were kept two metres apart. You booked your tickets in a, a group with your friends and then you were allowed to sit with your friends, but you and your friends weren't allowed to go near anybody else. And a theatre that normally held 1,000 or 1,100, only 239 people were allowed in. I watched footage of it. It looks like a very disappointing attendance. If you're walking on stage, you'd go, I mustn't be very popular because there's nobody here. But then when you start to look at areas where the bar is and where the toilets are, and you see the amount of yellow tape where only every fourth urinal is allowed to be used, um, it really looks absolutely bizarre. You can't look at it and think how it's going to make money. The atmosphere doesn't look great. And even though it's online, that might get it over the line uh, in terms of the financial side of it. It doesn't look like a great vista of the future, if that's the way gigs are going to be. There's going to have to be some other solutions to this. Um, I don't think this is a viable thing. And did all the crowd have to wear masks? Everyone had to wear a mask, the, not the band, um, people serving them, people working there, all of the crowd. There was uh, demisters going on. There was no kiss, kissing or canoodling in the, in the back no seats? No kissing no. or canoodling, no mosh pits. Uh, in the, in the no pods, meet, no? No. It, w- it was a very anodyne experience by the looks of it. And it, it doesn't look like a, a vision of the future. And as uh, the music industry goes forward, this is a big, but big it, issue. But was it, it indoor, like, indoor or outdoor? It was indoor. It's an indoor. See, theater. maybe there might be more flexibility on outdoor events. You never know. But I think it's yeah. the biggest problem is going to be because you're often recommending gigs that are in smaller venues where it's sweaty yeah. and heaving and gasping and all of yeah. that kind of atmosphere. They'll be most in jeopardy, surely. Definitely. And they are very often the people who need the money most. Uh, the ones who are outdoors tend to be the people at the very top of the food chain who are rich and are touring the world to playing to enormous crowds. It's the people in the smaller venues who are trying to make ends meet and make themselves well known. Anything interesting on the nighttime show tonight? Um, I'm going to be playing the hell no. out of the Jason Isbell <laughs> album. <Yeah>. And, <laughs> and I'll be talking Give to Give it a bit of welly there, as always. <laughs> you know, I'll be just doing two hours of brilliance. What else is new? All right, my thanks to Tom Dunn with his album of the week that Jason Isbell sounds the way to go. The Hard Shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan. Together, let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan, innovation that excites.